0: Kick off your boots and put down your hunting knife. It's time for the Outdoor Man Podcast with the man himself, Outdoor Man Dan. Join us for fun stories, useful how-tos, and insights into what being an outdoorsman means today and what it may mean in the future. From ethical hunting and conservation to new stories to tell around the fire. Let's get into today's show with your host, Outdoor Man Dan.
1: Thank you very much for coming on the show This has been a long time coming So Alex was Is Is Hybrid Archery And that's what this episode is all about I won't ruin the episode for you by saying what Alex has done for me We'll talk about it during the show Alex has taken his time Kind enough to talk to me Um, Before we jump in Don't forget about this week's sponsors Uh, Sam's study shooting If you want to buy any shooting Buy anything buy, yeah, buy anything. Drugs, cartridges, a lot. Sam will sell it to you. Um, and then obviously v Tactical, who's an outfitter for really military gear, but if you bug them over there, I'm sure they'll make anything. They love me. So without further ado, let's jump in. How did you end up from, you sort of, we've, we've spoken before, this has been a long time coming, that shooting that wasn't really what you started off doing it was BMX's and being a retro player yeah <laughs> how, how did it
2: how, how, how. so I had uh, I suppose what you call a a difficult childhood I was always that kid that was uh, messing about in school if I was in school I always wanted to go out and just play outside and I was never really interested in, in anything got in a little bit of trouble and that kind of escalate to an extent and then I calmed down and I realized as I got older what I needed was outside time so whether that was you know going ferreting or shooting or archery or or, or fishing or some sort of outside time that I I'd really engaged myself in and from that I went through you know pretty much most country sports and what I really loved about air guns for the start starts to start getting into air guns which is fairly easy every, every everyone does isn't it, it? yeah it's yeah, it's, normally. yeah is the bushcraft I suppose the bushcraft fieldcraft side of stuff um, the fact that you've got to get so close to your quarry that not only tests you on your on your shot that tests you on you know if I make a mistake something's going to hear me something's going to see me and it's gone and i've i've just wasted four hours sat here waiting for something to come <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've been there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. One one. <laughs> yeah and that kind of went and then I, I kind of started going fishing more again i started carp fishing and then went through it fly fishing and lure fishing and, and everything kind of came back round when i picked up a bow again and it was what probably about seven years ago I went through quite a, a nasty breakup with my ex-wife um, and i really wanted something to focus on to to you know challenge myself and i went out and i bought a bow and it was only fairly cheap one i think was, the whole kit cost me like 300 quid and i was like this is what i'm going to do uh, i really love shooting um i really love getting close to things i love the challenge of it so what i'm going to do is bow hunt and going from picking a bow up not knowing really anything about what I was doing to fast forward seven years later with a workshop full of tech tools and kind of tuning stuff and I just love it It's been a short journey really from that uh, hybrid It it hasn't, it hasn't in an extent One of the the groups that I joined British International Bow Hunters I joined those probably what two or three years ago and, and that was really interesting to kind of pick people's brains about, you know, why does my broadhead fly always to the left? Why, why is this doing this? Why, you know, what about Arrow FOC? And so it, it was really good. And then to get a group of like-minded people together as well, that's absolutely fantastic. I have to say, so today's the first time I've ever been onto an
1: archery range in my life. I don't think I've ever like at school. We've we been Hilltop at school and there's an archery. they don't think, think they have done an archery anyway. I've never done anything like it. Actually, to be honest, I've only been on a few rifle ranges because why would I with what I do? But it's nice to see people who are keen to do what they want to do, but they're keen to see you do well as well. And that is very, very short or very rare, shall I say, in any countryside pursuit because nobody, everyone's especially when it gets to the shooting side. People work for themselves. Yeah. Whereas today was, you know, we we, we went on a 3D, you know, a 3D range and and had a you know mini competition and, and I didn't totally embarrass myself and you know we were all sort of laughing at each other, we were all you know congratulating each other and it was all a big family affair. So, type thing.
2: yeah, yeah. So one of the, one of the things that I found with different archery clubs is, from my point of view, they always seem to have some sort of problem. Whether it was you know you go and we're, we're completely target and competition focused that's all we do here one club another club was you know you're interested in bow hunting I don't want to do anything about that and you know you're, you're a little bit ostracised and for me what, what I really enjoy is pretty much like what you said you know we, we are just like one big family we just come and have a piss around as long as we do it safely yeah. That that's the whole idea yeah. me and my stepdad always have
1: this conversation because I went clay shooting with him Somewhere he was a member a couple of months ago now. Actually, a few months ago now. been there like sort of late summer. And it was like, you mustn't get your gun out your slip until you stood here and you can't position, you can't do that. And it was so regimented, it was painful. Yeah. And everybody had a stick up their arse. There was no, there was no <laughs> fun with it. Yeah.
2: That, that's, the, that's the problem with whether it's rifle ranges or archery ranges. It should be fun, but it should also be safe. And as long as you're mindful of safety, there's no reason that you can't all go and have great fun and, and treat that together. We were frowned upon when I said that because I'm a dick anyway.
1: So he missed something. I, I got stuck into him and took the miss. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ooh, can't do that. Like, fuck oh, of course you can. That's what it's <laughs> about. Because I, we went clay shooting a couple of weeks ago, um, not far from here, really. And there was me, him, and, and one of the other guys that used to go shoot at the same place. And it was a case of, well, I've never shot Sport before. Come along, we'll show you. And he couldn't get into it. And so I took the piss. And they went, right, well, this is what you need to do. I got him on the clay. And then he missed again. I took the piss and got him back off. <laughs> and, that, and, that's, and that's the way it should be. It's, it's not fun otherwise. It's Yeah, Exactly. Huh. Yeah yeah and, and and to be honest if you start having a laugh you relax and then you start doing it better
2: this this is one of the big things that if you look at you know some of the american coaches and stuff you can you can take a lot of stuff from youtube you know but at the same point that doesn't teach you to relax and you, you can focus so much i had a, a woman um, this morning in a session and when you first start doing archery, you don't realize how complicated it is. And I think probably, you know, today was a good experience for, for you. You know, you I think you won on what? Two 3D targets? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think I'm out of everybody. You know,
1: in, in that sense, i got the bullseye more than anybody
2: else. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you, you're firing at an unranged distance, a random distance, because we're just plonking here, there and everywhere, which is very... You know, very much a hunting scenario. You can have an animal come out anywhere, it can move forwards, move backwards, and all of a sudden you've got to figure out in your head where it's going, um, how much to aim off. But for you, you're, as you're starting your archery journey, it's probably a really nice way to put it. You're not trying to do all these complications in your head and you just go, well, it's over there, I'm just going to twat it.
1: I've always managed to see that. The distance, like I said, we say saying, earlier, distances, I've always managed to sort of roughly work out in my head and I, can, and I can do it without thinking. I had a scenario a good few years ago now where I missed a shot of a fox at 100 metres and it got up and ran like fuck. And I said to the, the young lad, keep the lamp on it. And I shot it running. He went, oh, but you can't do that again. I said, I no, bet you can't. And what I'd done was like, there somewhere. And just squeeze the trigger. I'd stopped thinking, Yeah. yeah. I got I was roughly there. And I bowled it over. That same night, we was on another field, What right, at the last field, we saw a fox, sat in the play. Gets up, runs off. I said, keep the lamp on it. And I smacked it running away, and I killed it at 300 metres, running. And that was meant. That was just mental, knowing work distances out, and that's yeah. I to do that,
2: which is strange because I can't do anything else. So this is a this is a different. With with archery, you've got so many different archery styles, and so where I normally shoot compound. So obviously you've so got yeah, yeah yeah mecha- mechanical <laughs> advantage right the way through everything. Switching over to trad, so I've got no sights, nothing on there, not even an arrow shell, not even hour rest. I'm just shooting off the shelf to then. Go from, you could almost put it like a sniper where, you know, you, you work out and you go, right, well, that's that far away, so I've got to get my pin gap in there. I've got to move and I've got to aim uh, a little bit for windage, check my bubble going around. Right the way through to, oh, I've just got to stick in a string now. This is it. Here we go. And trying to, to almost get it so you're throwing it like a ball, which is very, very, very instinctive. At random distances, it's completely different. But then shooting the three-curve again just brings all that joy back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if I'm not hitting stuff. I'm still having a good time. Um, so you've, you've hoped a little bit. What's on the list to go and do? So on the list to go and do this, well, hopefully, fingers crossed this year. Probably a nuclear war pending. Pending, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping at the end of this year I can either get out to Africa or Europe somewhere. They're my, my, I say my big ones that I want to do. We were meant to go to France as a group last year and do the, the French boat hunting qualification. As soon as we've done that, you can then hunt in France legally. No matter what other boat hunting qualifications you've got you have to do the French specific one to hunt in France as soon as I've got that it's a, a four hour trip or four and a half five hour trips So yeah just as quick going there it's Scotland exactly yeah so I'm, I'm super super excited to do that watch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah hopefully Africa or somewhere in Europe this year yeah, yeah. Well, I said, well, we were talking about Mine is
1: bow fishing. I want to do, and I'm hoping next year to do that next Easter time in America. Yeah, fingers uh, crossed I can get some sort of the out here for me. And the wife then lets me go. <laughs> <laughs> That's always that. So last time you worked wonders with me. And it's funny how so you know it's kudos where it's, where it's deserved. So with me, I sh- shot my bow. Actually, the bow that I brought with me, I hadn't shot at all. I was completely out of the box but I shot a bow probably ten times yeah and that was random in the garden lucky it hit the target I remember hitting fences and arrows picking off everywhere <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> ever. could kill someone and then with the time well no time really so, so most of the day we are in the, in the shed and then going into the garden for what really no more than an hour perhaps an hour and a half I think yeah, I think it was probably about
2: an hour before we'd lost the
1: light. But, yeah, it wasn't yeah, one long time, long. was it? You know, you had me smacking the target at twenty and thirty metres, consistently grouping. that's somebody who's got a lot of patience and a lot of passion for the job. Again we've shown today with with myself, but also with everyone else up there who whether whether you an experienced hunter like Lost Name was with his round corner arrows Oh, Mark. Or (laughs) or, um, or the young lad who just started down the other end of the road
2: when you come. Yeah. So one of the the things I I really love about having an archery club or an archery business is seeing the improvement in people. Like whether it's you, for example, or whether it's the young lad, it doesn't matter if just having that bit of time with you – and teaching you okay well you know we anchor with your knuckle under there for that type of release string on the nose you, It's a, a push with the bow hand a pull with the release hand and slowly squeeze through and, and seeing the the big smiles and the satisfaction that you get is absolutely brilliant and I, I, I love that I feed off it and I only wish that I'd had someone that sounds it sounds like a black man horn yeah. but I wish I had someone like that when when I was kind of starting my archery journey, someone with passion and not knowledge or knowledge, but not yeah, passion. yeah, someone yeah, who
1: could point you in the right direction. Yeah, like you said, YouTube does you a good job, but and that's where I learned my archery from. Yeah, and I sort of got the fundamentals. I knew I knew I couldn't snatch the the string. Yeah, because it, it you know I knew I had to get my grip right. Though I didn't know what my right grip was. I knew I had to how to how to draw. So I I drew the bow back without putting too much pressure on my shoulder and getting it right. Yeah. But doing it all off off the computer isn't... Easy.
2: Yeah. So this is what I was saying before. When you kind of picking up a bow and and starting, there's so many things that you have to take into account, and it's it's not like a rifle where you just pick a rifle and go, oh, bang, there we go. I've zeroed it. Like that's it. Job done. All I've got to do is work out how you know far my drop is. You, a compound bow is. It's very much like a custom rifle. So you know, when you first came, we set your draw length up correctly for you. We set your release up for you. We set your arrows, which is a, another thing. It's like you know, doing home loads. The the same thing again. It's everything works in, and you know, you saw today if 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 you change something, whether it's your release or how you're holding the bow or everything changes and it throws the whole thing out of whack so you've then got to go back to the building blocks of all right well what have I changed what's right what's not okay I know what it is now so I've got to concentrate on as I release I need to drop my elbow instead of you know waving my hand around like a big flamboyant gesture yeah
1: like, like from pride. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, Hi, <sealer>. <laughs> <laughs> I have got bought in my Acubo. And that has changed the way I shot the bow today, hundred percent. So I mean, we, we simply we had my, I put my release on, yeah. on one on, which I love, especially now that I've changed the, the poundage on the trigger, so it releases when I pull the trigger, not it's slow release like it's designed to do, yeah, which I get why, but for me at the moment I just want to send a fucker down range yeah. when I'm ready because especially that wind it's <laughs> all over the place um, but then the acubo as well so the acubo was obviously a Christmas present for me and because it acts like a recurve like we spoke about when you chug it around the fucking living room I honestly didn't mean to
2: do that. (laughs) 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 Do you know what? I didn't even think about it. Like I said, I was just there, and you know, I I was in my grip and squeeze. Yeah, there's the deer. But don't. But I did long shoot it. It was a good shot. It was was a a fucking good shot. shot. Yeah. 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 And it just—I wasn't expecting that amount of weight to come from behind you yeah and push the bow forward where normally with a recurve or a compound you've got time to grip it but because my grip was so loose it would just literally shot across the floor we what well, i must have fired
1: or shot 12 arrows if not more before we realized that or well, you noticed more the point than I realised, because that would be really that really be picking myself up in my <laughs> <hand-shooting>. <laughs> how much I was holding that bow and then all of a sudden I let go and the group became tighter.
2: Yeah. your you bow is it's a machine. It just you know, it doesn't understand what it has to do to, to make you work. The bow just wants to do exactly the same thing over and over again, very mechanically. And if you're introducing any sort of grip and talk to it, it's not going to be able to do it. So it's the same with the rifle. It's exactly the same with the rifle.
1: Yeah, your, your marksmanship principles. You know, yeah, you've got to be in line with your target. You've yeah. got to have clear sights. You've got to do all these bits and pieces beforehand. You grip, with, like putting them rifle off on your shoulder, or how you kind of hold a rifle. You know, all these bits and pieces. And if you don't do one of them, it throws you out. And that goes back to the YouTube thing for me, whereas one guy can kind have of spoke, oh, yeah, you hold the grip. So you go out and you hold the grip right, and you start doing it, and you go, well, I've got a bit better at that. And then he goes, oh, no, no, now you've got to sort of release out without just fingers or or a release itself. So you forget about what you're holding now, and you concentrate on your release. And you you may stay the same, but you won't get any better, or you can get worse. Now you're not thinking of two things, you're still doing one, but
2: you should be thinking of two things. Yeah, it's it's really difficult from from my perspective sometimes because I can see I can see people doing a lot of different things and, and having like four or five issues with their the shot cycle and you just have to pick on one and go, right, what's the worst one that you're doing? what that's going to make you better focus on that as soon as we've sorted that and that becomes muscle memory and just without thinking about it then we can focus on the next one and you really do have to kind of drip feed stuff in just until it's sunk in you know square yourself off to the target okay right and then come back and then you're thinking about so many different things at once that Your shot cycle just goes out the window completely unless, like Joe Rogan, for example, on one of his podcasts, he he started talking about having a mantra. So he comes out and he he shuffles his feet down and, you know, he thinks about his feet and then his hips and then his shoulders and then squares himself to the target. And so he's got that whole shot cycle, like, patterned out. You know, he spent a lot of time with
1: those, hasn't he? Yeah, massively. If you listen to his story or watch meetings, because he's on a couple of the meetings, yeah and you can just see how he's got better and how he's expanded probably really as a hunter let alone a bow hunter to everything it's, it's quite, it's, he's had quite a journey with it and it's the same as me because I bought a bow way too much poundage on it to the point where I was going to kill somebody with it <laughs> you, know, you get it back up at sort of half, three quarter draw I wasn't going nowhere you know, yeah, it wasn't yeah. going forward though, without the arrow being sent or my shoulder's going to be pulled out of the socket, whatever came first. I then got rid of that bow, which is coming to, you, to be sorted out, actually, and leave it back to mate me borrow it. And then I bought the prime one, which I absolutely love. It
2: is a gorgeous bow.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I got the pain a little bit better. Okay, yeah, I can still feel it in my shoulders, because it's perhaps £10 too, really too much for me. But, I can stand up that range, all afternoon, Fire it, shoot it, what you want to say, and enjoy it. Whereas I was had a little one at home
2: going <laughs>
1: <laughs> sort of prolapse and almost trying to get it back it's, and not enjoying it at
2: all. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something you see a lot more in kind of the States. And like I said, with beginner rushes, I, I did the same thing. Well, I, you know, the first way I bought again seven years ago, I was like, right, well, uh, yeah, that one, that's £70. Yeah, it's only £70, 35 kilos. It's easy, isn't it? Yeah, do, right? No, no, yeah. And, you know, you, you, you do get to like halfway, three quarters of the way. Of no, I can't even pull it back. It's not going. My my new Hoyt, um, exactly the same thing. I was like, uh, what do I do? Uh, no, seventy to eighty pound this time, and I'm I'm pulling eighty pound back now, like it's like you pull your your bow. Yeah. I can't remember what we set your bow at, but nice and easy without a problem at all. Could I do it for four or five hours? I would probably struggle at the end, just as you. Well, that's the idea of it, yeah. i got a friend and I wish he'd
1: do a podcast with me because he's just, he loves it. And he's been all over the world hunting with his bows, whether it's compound or long bows or all sorts. But he was telling them quite, I chance to be a just... Talk to me normally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the story that no have been hunting, he's just like, oh yeah, you know, I went out there and shot a springbok with a longbow fuck me a longbow, or oh, she stood in, she said, oh, I took a French, and I stood in that, and it was this, and it was that, and I was like, that's really cool shit, talk to him, which is, which is gutting. but I mean, like you said, there's no art to it, and then, uh, and he's the one who got me really into the archery, well, him and Joe Rogan, to be honest, yeah. uh, and I went and done the day with the, wherever it is, at Henderson Forest, and 3D Targets, and then went from there, not be able to do it then you know, I heard Joe Rogan talking about his podcast for a start of mind yeah. Yeah, fancy <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I fancy it in the garden just for uh, switching off the same I do for the that's what I use fly fishing for yeah it's completely
2: like, going dead it's, it's outside time course. it's okay right I, I don't have to think about anything it's almost like a like a meditation yeah yeah, yeah. But, where you can just clear and if you if you've managed to clear your mind you will shoot the best that you've ever shot before and just not think about anything and just send arrows down in a perfect state of calm which you know happens very very rarely yeah no it
1: does and, and, and yeah I had to smile you know i got that one arrow right in the ball this morning today and like oh shit how did I do that and then I, and then I was like well okay I have to start chasing that thing. and then, and then Oh, like around shit but again <laughs> if I, if I shot and had three targets I shot fairly straight yeah
2: yeah you did around. you did and if
1: I the shot where I should have aimed straight at the target and not worried about the wind because it was windy out there and everything else I would smack the other ones after it went because the arrow went and after where it <laughs> 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 But no I've loved it I've really loved it I've loved I've loved I've loved learning about it it's been interesting and like you said in the comments, we had on the phone the other
2: day about arrows you, know, you get the brass inserts. I didn't know that. I just thought you bought a head. There, there is so much to do with it, and and you know, I'll, I'll use home loads as, as the example. If you're loading a cartridge at home or a bullet at home, you decide on what powder you put in there, you decide on you know how many grains you decide on your bullet head, you copper, brass, whatever you want. Do you go brass, do you go steel? Oh, that's a good question. I'll the lead and break the law. <laughs> <laughs> With an arrow, obviously anything you do to that arrow affects how it flies. And there's so many different ways you can make it or things you can do to affect it, whether you put, you know, like you were saying about the inserts, um, most arrows come with 14, 20-grain aluminum inserts or well. And if you put a 100-grain brass insert in there, a 200-grain brass insert, you've then still got a 100-grain head, a 200-grain head, a 300-grain head, even before you think about broadheads and fletchings. But the more weight you put at the front, the more that changes how your arrow flexes. So you've then got to go through different spines. It's almost mind-blowing. But me being quite geeky, I really love that. (laughs) I've not noticed that at all. It's it's nice that you can constantly play with something, though. So I remember there was a quote from a British Olympian. Um, He was a, a canoeist, I think, and he said, "'Will this make my boat go faster?' And the ultimate question that I keep asking myself is, if I get a different stabiliser, will that make me shoot better? If I adjust my weights over to one side, will that make me shoot better? If I get a different sight, will that make me shoot better? Probably not, but it might you another boy. <laughs> no I'm no starting, I'm starting to find out well, <laughs> <laughs> she's got enough dogs she can have all of the dogs she can keep those she doesn't ask how much I spend on archery gear no, said, I d- Oh, no did she no, what did yeah, she say she said I yeah. don't ask her how much she spends on archery gear so he doesn't ask me what I spend on the dogs yeah as long as the bills are paid your money's your money my money's my money well, that, look, that's how we is like,
1: it's fucking like Christmas for you every day here yeah, yeah. Box coming. yeah yeah as long as she doesn't start counting how many t-shirts I've got. The other day I need a new fishing a fly box. Yeah. So I ordered a new fly box. But all of a sudden there's a t-shirt in the cart as well. I,
2: do, I don't know how that happens. Yeah, do I, I need a t-shirt? Probably
1: not. Well, we, you? Of course you did. Ever since Instagram
2: right now. You always need another t-shirt. Is that your
1: half bank? Yeah. Right. Uh, I'll I'll to... That's right, mate. We're about done anyway, I reckon. So I'll say thank you very much.
2: You're welcome. And,
1: uh... <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Outdoor Man Podcast. We're glad you're here. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Find us on Twitter at Podcast Outdoor. On Instagram, Outdoor underscore man underscore podcast. On Facebook, Outdoor Man Podcast. And you can even reach us by email, dan at outdoorman.uk. Let us know your outdoor questions. And be sure to tag us when you're outside living your best life. Until next time, be the example.